This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by Better Fantasy. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's got a slick app and it's super fun to use. One of the reasons we love it as well is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Again, it's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone or Android and use the code THECUT when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. Thank you to Better Fantasy for sponsoring this episode of The Cut. Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. A little tuckered out. Just had like a family like cookie-making party, popcorn balls and stuff uh, with kids and everything. So a little uh, tired <laughs> for this moment, but it's fantasy football. I'm ready. Start sits. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, so we are here for the Start Sit show. Uh, we won't be making any cookies or popcorn balls, yeah, uh, but <laughs> just call Randy up at our hall NFL. Maybe he'll send you some via via mail. Um, so we're going to be going over the Thursday night football game and doing our starts and sits as we always do on our Thursday episodes. Uh, we are missing Sean this evening. He will be on next week. Uh, he just got back from vacation, so if you were expecting to hear him, uh, that is why he's not here. We did say that he would be on on Monday. But uh, before we get into the Thursday Night Football preview, uh, listener league update, Randy? Uh, yeah, we first week of the playoffs, like most leagues this week. Uh, number one seed, Wayne facing Cruiser, who me and Sean just beat last week, but still locked in the eight seed, so good for him. Uh, I was very worried both of us, or whoever lost between us, wasn't going to make it. So I'm glad that he actually ended up making it. Uh, Petrenko is facing Brett, who has like one of the most highest points in the league, and he's a seventh seed, so that's going to be a fun game. Uh, and then Nick Bartlett is facing Sean and myself, and you guys are facing Steve Lynn. How do you feel? Not great. Steve's got a really nice team. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm very much so a fan of his team. So I'm I'm a little nervous for this week, but I haven't even looked at the projections yet. I feel like we have a decent shot, uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough battle well, in the playoffs fair. over there. <laughs> uh, currently, we're projected to beat Bartlett by, uh, like, less than a, a point, by much nice. less than a point. Uh, and you guys are projected to lose to Steve by about 13. Now, this doesn't mean everyone's schedule or teams are set or anything like that. So it could be much worse than that or much better than that. But who knows? I, I know uh, I know we have a couple players are, that are on the COVID list right now. I'm sure you guys probably do, too, as does everyone this week. 
So it's going to be a real challenge for the first week of the playoffs with injuries and COVID rearing their ugly heads. Yeah. Uh, some other good news. So in our C2C league, Randy, that we're, we're co-managing, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have a pretty good shot this week because we're not hit too hard with COVID. We did lose DeAndre Hopkins for the remainder of the season, though, so that yeah. sucks. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into the Thursday night football preview. This week is by far the best football game on paper that we've had this season. We've had some good Thursday night football games, but this one, the the storylines that may come out of this game uh, supersede anything that I think we've seen before, at least this season. The 9-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs are three-point road favorites going to Los Angeles to take on the 8-5 and five Chargers. The over-under in this game is 52. I feel like that's the highest over-under on a Thursday night football game as well. It is. I'm pretty positive it is. <laughs> yeah. So how are people betting, Randy? Uh, people are taking the Chiefs' side here uh, and the points, obviously, in that regard. 77% of people are doing that so far. And 71% of bets are on the under. Again, I've said this every Wednesday, Thursday show. <laughs> the Thursday night games, everyone is hammering the unders for these games because they're usually not that high scoring. This one does have a chance to be, though, so we shall see. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't be- I don't remember what I put in our picks article, but it, it should be an offensive-minded football game. Now, I know both teams have had some success on defense recently, especially the Chiefs. We talked about this a little bit on Monday. So let's start with the Chargers in terms of fantasy relevance and who you're playing. Justin Herbert, do you have any qualms starting him this week? Uh, not particularly. I, I mean, it's not like the greatest matchup, and uh, the Chiefs defense has been getting good pressure of late, but I still have him as fourth on the week, which is probably not as high as you, but. Of the th- the ones that have ranked so far, I'm the lowest, unfortunately. Yeah, so the Chiefs are still averaging, uh, or quarterbacks against them are averaging 19.5 fantasy points, which is good for sixth worst in the league. Uh, so even though the Chiefs' defense has been good, they still will give up volume plays to quarterbacks. And, and Herbert's probably going to have to throw in this game to keep up with Mahomes. Austin Eckler, assuming that he does go and his ankle really was fine last week, you're firing him up against this defense as well, Randy? Yep, for sure. Um, it's not like super easy to run against the Chiefs defense, especially if, like, again, we're kind of going to keep harping on their much improved uh, defense over the last month or so. But I still have him as RB4 this week um, because he's never, most games, he's not getting 100 yards on the ground. He's getting like 30 to 50 and he's getting his work done through the air and maybe a couple of touchdowns. So um, I, I'm if he's in, I'm full sending him. If he's not in, I'm probably not playing any Chargers running back. Yeah, we did talk about that fairly extensively on Monday, how it's just they, they will go committee approach, and you're kind of just guessing who gets a touchdown, and the answer is probably no one because they'll probably just throw on the goal line. And speaking of that, uh, the pass catchers here, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. I think Keenan Allen, if he goes, now he is listed as questionable, I believe. Uh, I believe he had an injury pop up. Uh, or is it because of COVID? It would be so, because of COVID, I believe. I think he's playing. Yeah, yeah. So I think they they pulled him off the COVID list, so he will be playing in this game. Mike Williams is starting for you, Randy? Yeah. 
Um, but he has been a little up and down of late, so there's some question marks there. Um, he had a pretty nice game this last time out, but I think you're still probably playing him, um, especially with guys like Hopkins going down and a lot of people being on COVID and injury list this week. I'd rather take kind of a sure thing. I'm not scared of anyone in this jet, uh, Jets, this Chief secondary. I'm not. I'm also not scared of the Jets. No, he's saying, but say. uh, Jared Cook is the the main question here. So Jared Cook's fairly touchdown dependent. We we kind of know that. I will talk about Thrive Fantasy as well. It's not my lock though. I think Jared Cook scores a touchdown in this game, so I feel as though I would play him. I don't know where he's sitting in my rankings though, and that's he problem. is 16 for you, 18 for me, and 17 for Sean. Um, so that's his normal game without a touchdown, basically. Um, right. So, and for you, it could be just that catches his own, that touchdown catches his only catch. So could be. he could be 16 because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It could definitely be that. I don't remember why I put him He's that low. He's not a high target option, um, especially with the depth receivers for the uh, Chargers kind of coming on of late. And, uh, Eckler being a huge factor in the passing game as well. He really doesn't get a lot of looks except maybe like one check down and then some red zone looks. So, yeah, I will say with Keenan Allen being back, I would definitely not be in on Josh Palmer or Jalen Guyton. Guyton has been the more productive of the two. So if you have to take a flyer and start one of those guys, I would, I would prefer Guyton, but I would leave that for DraftKings probably. Yeah, by far. (laughs) Leave it at that. Uh, On the other side of the ball though, Patrick Mahomes, you sitting him this week? No. <laughs> I couldn't even. <laughs> I had to laugh. Yeah, you're uh, playing Mahomes. There's been some weeks that you do, and last week I don't think he finished that highly. Um, for obvious reasons, they didn't really need him to. So I have him actually directly behind Herbert. So do you. Uh, it's just a little bit further down the list for me. I've been QB5 this week. He's going to have a good game. Um, I don't think the Chiefs running backs – get what was it four or five touchdowns <laughs> this yeah. week i think there's a chance clyde gets in the end zone maybe daryl once uh but uh you know <laughs> i would uh take mahomes getting some passing touchdowns again this week yeah i have the two quarterbacks one and two in my rankings i don't know if i mentioned that you didn't i don't think so but yeah. yes there <laughs> yeah this is one, going to be mahomes well and if it's an under i don't think either of us are really right you know what I mean? Like, if this is under 52, I don't think they're one and two or four and five necessarily, but I think they're still keeping ones. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I just think volume alone is going to get them there. Clyde Edwards Lair, I think you play him. He's a good PPR option. Even when he was splitting a ton of time last week, he was very, very fantasy relevant. I believe he finished as a mid tier RB2 last week. Yeah. And like, what was it like? seven or nine carries or something like that and a catch or like he he didn't get used because they didn't need him and he had two touchdowns so this is a game with a run funnel defense that he should be able to thrive in yep absolutely we talked about it on monday so i don't want to harp on it too much so if you guys didn't catch the monday show make sure you go check that out we talked through the chiefs and specifically what's happening to travis kelsey Randy, do you have concerns about Kelsey in this matchup specifically? Not specifically for the matchup, but um, especially uh, like Derwin James, I believe, isn't playing at all. I don't even know if there's even a question that he was playing, but 
Um, I believe I saw that he was already ruled out. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm going to start Kelsey. I don't think there's a question if you start him or not. It's just your expectations. Um, I have him the lowest to tight end five on the week. Um, I doubt he gets a touchdown. And I think he just gets some work through the air. So, yeah. I You know, I really think this could be a Kelsey game. Uh, I I know we're, we're about to talk about Thrive. I know I picked the unders for both Hill lines just just because that's the feel for the week. I could be 100% wrong. Do not get me wrong there. But because the lines are relatively average. So uh, it's like six and a half catches and like 60 yards or something. So I hit the under in both of those just taking a shot because he's been kind of up and down. And he had a decently up game last week. So I think this might be a Kelsey game. And I really do think it's a Clyde game. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I took the over on Tyreek Hill's yards, but I wasn't touching those cut catches because that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, he can get those yards in one play. So that's why it's always the, the sketchy. But I did it because I don't think a lot of people will be doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. I think that's pretty much the only fantasy relevant uh, options here, yeah. which is it's pretty funny. We've talked about more guys for other games. And we have both, I mean, you said that the under might hit, but we both kind of projected the over to hit, and we have less guys to talk about. That's because these offenses operate very, very well, and they know what works, and they're very talented football players. Yeah, We don't have too much ambiguity here. So Yeah, there's no question. No one's really stepped up on the Chiefs' offense to be like that next option, so we don't have to care about it. <laughs> very true. Very true. I did pick the over on Byron Pringle yards, though, for what it's worth. I All right. Don't know if I did or not. I might have just avoided it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, before we move into our starts and sits for week 15, we are sponsored by Thrive Fantasy as well. Make sure you guys go download the Thrive Fantasy app and use promo code The Cut. They will match anywhere between 20 and $100 on your first deposit instantly. So you'll have that in your account. So you can bet on these prop betting lines that we like to talk about. And so we are going to give you two of our locks this week. Randy, what is your lock on threat? All right, mine. I've said, talked about it a bunch already. I'm going Clyde Edwards, Alaire. sorry, 16 and a half rushing yards. I'm taking the over, uh, just plain and simple. I think he has a good day. I'm not sure he hits the 100, but I think he gets at least 61 yards and a touchdown and probably a few catches through the air. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it should be a Clyde edwards alaire day based on how the defense plays. My lock this week is Justin Herbert over 280 and a half passing yards. Justin Herbert has just been on a tear. He had, you know, a third of this or a fourth of this on one throw last week. And the throw was incredible. And when you factor in that he's, he did only have 275 yards though last week, but they didn't really need him. Uh, he hit 300 yards, three straight games. And I think that brought the line down, which means I would scoop it up. I know it's a little scary to go overs for the Thursday night football game, but these two feel like the ones that would hit in my opinion. Yep. I, and I I know we both did both of these. We both took each other's advice right away. So yeah. I think that's pretty cut and dry for this one. Yeah, for sure. And and make sure you guys go download Thrive Fantasy. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy for always sponsoring the Cut Podcast Network. Let's get into our starts and sits. 
As always, we're going to go through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, and we're going to start with quarterbacks, as we always do. Randy, who is your quarterback start this week? Yeah, I will point out that I picked all these thinking Sean would be on. So I kind of gave like some other ones that I may have went. I left them alone because I figured Sean would do them. Uh, so there may be other people I have strong opinions on this week. But I went with these guys for a quarterback. Uh, just repeating, I'm going to Taysom Hill. I saw a lot of discussion. We got asked personally by one of our old friends, uh, Dynasty Hoser, I believe it was. Uh, if, if you play Big Ben or Taysom and everyone, including myself, we, we not for Mark out, just for mine, was Taysom. It's easy, Taysom. Uh, he's guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed 15 points. He's, I don't believe there's a game he started over the last two years that he's gotten less than like 17 and a half points. So I, it's a full send. I just If there's actual question marks like that in the fantasy playoffs, don't ever think this. Play Taysom Hill. Uh, he's my quarterback eight in the week. The run defense for the Bucs is really, really good. I get it. Uh, but that's for running backs. <laughs> uh, and the Saints running attack has been on fire of late. It got even better last week with Kamara back. I think it's full send. Let's not be worried. I think you could probably – taper some expectations for it maybe Taysom doesn't get 120 yards in the ground maybe Kamara doesn't get 100 he gets 50 or 60 but you don't need them to necessarily do that because they get it done through the year as well um I say Taysom gets at least 70 yards probably a rushing touchdown and he'll do enough through the air to bolster make sure it's a top 10 day uh he's been ultra consistent since he's uh, this year last year anytime he's been the starter he's been consistent there's no need to worry. And then you add in Josh Allen just ran for 109 yards on these guys when he rarely does the design QB runs. It's, it is very rare. Don't let anyone fool you. It, it's not a every he maybe does it once a game, <laughs> you know. So um, I think they saw a huge thing that they needed to work with. And the Saints are going to see how that works and just be like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guess what? We're doing the exact same thing. Taysom will thrive and get a ton of dump downs to Camara. So very true. Yeah. Taysom Hill, this is his first start against the Bucks, which I find kind of shocking with how much he's actually started over the last couple of years. I know it took a little while, but he missed the Tampa game entirely this year. So this is the the Bucks' first time seeing Taysom Hill this year. And I think that does matter. I think if they would have seen him last year, I might have been a little more out on it. But yeah, start Taysom Hill. I have him as my quarterback i always do this i have him as my quarterback nine so i'm right behind you so yep. Yep. all right my quarterback start this week is Tua tonga by now Tua tonga by is coming off a bye week but he's coming off the week before a really really efficient game and when i typed that out i said yeah of course he is every game that Tua plays is really really efficient it might not look great because the offense doesn't look great and the offense never looks great, but Tua gets it done. There was a span of time in which he was the quarterback four over, I believe it was four weeks. And last week or two weeks ago when he last played, he went 30 of 41 for 244 and two, took care of the football, did exactly what he was supposed to do. When you take care of the football and do exactly what you're supposed to do against the Jets, when you have dynamic playmakers like Jalen Waddle out there, 
you're just going to be a quarterback one. I don't know how else to break it to everyone. It's it's a it's lining up for the Dolphins to make a push for the playoffs. And I know how crazy that sounds. They're six and seven right now, but I expect a locked and loaded to a tongue of Iloa. I think he's going to be very amped for this game. There was a post on Instagram. I don't know if anyone saw. He liked a post that the since Josh Allen waved goodbye to, I think it was Christian Wilkins or something like that. The Bills are one and two and three, and the Dolphins are five and zero oh and two like that. So I I know that he's got some fire behind him. He's my quarterback five this week, and that's because the Jets are allowing the eleventh most points to quarterbacks, and I expect a nice game. So yeah, I expect a really good game from Tua. Um, a lot of kind of quick passes uh, to Kaseki, Waddle, uh, Gaskin, and they have Parker back. Uh, and he'll now be a little bit more full go than he was the first week. I, I expect a really good game from the Dolphins. Yeah. The Dolphins, I believe, will win this by 10 plus points. So Yeah, same. All right. Hit me with your running back start. All right. Uh I speak of the devil. I'm going Miles Gaskin this week. He is my RB 13 on the week. I, I do think the Dolphins just dominate. Uh he should be off the COVID list. Let's just say this first. Uh, if he is not, because a lot, pretty much every Dolphins running back is on the COVID list, but Gaskin was on there, uh, I believe, the very end of last week. So he's just going to continue that trend, and I think he's going to be off of it by game time easy. Um, if he's not, please obviously pivot. <laughs> but uh, going off of that case, the Jets have, again, they just allowed so much push to quarterbacks. They've also allowed the most points to running backs. This season was 17 running backs getting over 15 points. That includes Gaskin, who in their first matchup had 18.6 points. I think he did. I think he does better than that this week. But uh, even if he doesn't, 18.6 points is probably RB 13 or really, really close to it. It's very true. I have him as my 17 simply because I do believe that they will let Tua cook a little bit more than usual, but I do expect that Gaskin yeah. will get his fair share of pass-catching work as well. Exactly. So. A, a lot of letting Tua cook goes to Gaskin getting work. So I am not scared of Tua having a really good game. I have Tua at quarterback 12. I think he has a good game as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm I'm actually going to do this. Yeah, I, bro. So I have him, I put him really low and I was like, this is stupid. So I put him higher. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember before you even start. Let's, I put him <laughs> not even that high, but it was a relatively decent spot. Deleted him entirely. Said <laughs> Deleted him entirely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have this guy at RB20. I had him at like RB35 without thinking. And I was like, you know what? No, fuck it. And then I put him as my start of the week. And then I looked at your list. And I was like, I'm choosing Gaskin because you, <laughs> you yeah. have him so high. I do. So the the mysterious guy that we are talking about is James Robinson. And everyone's saying, man, you can't start James Robinson. It's the playoffs. You you can't trust the Jaguars. I have him as my RB4. Let's full send it. Let's Let's take a bold stance here. The last four games have been very rough. We know that. We know that he got the ball six times last week. We know that Urban Meyer doesn't know why he's not on the field. Urban Meyer doesn't know a lot of things. He has combined for 2.9 fantasy points over the last two weeks. And then the 
two previous, he only combined for a little over 23 fantasy points in this in PPR leagues. But Houston is the perfect remedy for that. The Texans are allowing the fifth most points to running backs. And ultimately, I think the reason that he had such a rough week last week was the game script was not great for them. The, the Jaguars got down kind of early. Now, they were able to stick in the game, which meant to me that they could have handed the ball off. Maybe this was Urban Meyer just touting his ego, or maybe they're going to realize that the only way that they can win games is to give the ball to James Robinson. He's their best player. He is better than Trevor Lawrence at this point in their careers at their respective positions. So I believe that they are going to give him 15-plus touches in this game. I think they have to. You might be saying, oh, no. I, as I'm listening to this, I opened up my my fantasy app, and he was limited in practice. Yeah, a little nervous about that one, uh, if I'm being honest, because it was his heel. Uh, he battles through injuries, though. We've seen it already. The game script should be fine. Like I said, I expect 15-plus touches. The Jaguars would be stupid not to give him 20 touches in this football game because that is the way you beat the Houston Texans. And the Jaguars desperately need a win. If not, Urban's going to kick everyone. So start James Robinson. Yeah, it, I mean, if there's any hill for Urban, which I really don't think there is, like he has to make moves like this because it's – I mean, even Trevor's saying that Robinson's the best player on this team. Like there's no way you could continue to just be stubborn and be a, a, an idiot basically and expect you to, yourself to keep the job. There's a good chance, though, that he knows he's not going to keep it, and he's just being petty for the rest of the season. Uh, that's my worry with James Robinson, not the talent or the heel, really. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's honestly, if he, gets, if he gets just the game script he has gotten this year, <laughs> he's going to dominate. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, and there are theories out there that Urban Meyer is intentionally – doing bad things so he can get fired. He can take his $30 million and then he can go coach a college program or just retire with his $30 million. Uh, There's no buyouts in the NFL. That's the problem. So yeah, start James Robinson though. I know you guys are probably saying I can't, I wouldn't blame you for that. I understand. I just think he has a good game. So, All right, Randy, give me your wide receiver. All right. Um, As much as I wanted to repeat mine from last week, I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. So I'm going to go Brayden Ayuk. Um, I think there's a good chance a lot of people are scared off of him with Debo finally back last week uh, and Debo getting basically his role back. However, Brayden Ayuk this season has gotten back on track after the early doghouse start. He's my wide receiver 19 in the week. He has averaged eight targets per game over the last month. Ever, uh, he's got at least 50 yards and five in the last six games. And the Falcons have allowed the most targets and receptions to wide receivers over the last month. It, it seems like <laughs> Brandon Ayuk should get eight targets and over 50 yards. <laughs> uh, and eight targets usually means anywhere from, I mean, five to eight catches, I guess. Uh, and even if it's five for 50, that's still a, it's still a safe floor game. I just think he has a boom potential. Um, it, you know, it's not the safest thing, but again, it's I'm wide receiver 19. He's a wide receiver two for me. I don't think he's going to absolutely kill it and win you the week, but 
I think he's a very safe play with a lot of boom potential with the touchdown potential. Uh, like we saw in a clutch moment, this team once again, trusts him and this team is going to be much better with full trust and health and Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kato and Elijah Mitchell. They will yeah. be dominant. <laughs> they will be one of the hardest teams to beat in the playoffs with that. Everyone cooking like that. And that's what it's looking like right now. And I think they show it this week. That was exactly what I was about to add. The 49ers are shaping up to make a decent run in the NFC playoffs, depending on the matchup. You know, if they got the Cowboys in the first round, I I think that there's a real world where the 49ers win that football game just because of their style of play. I'm a little lower on him this week, if only because I think it's a heavy, heavy dose of Elijah Mitchell. If he plays and then that's the thing. I mean, he's questionable as well. So, but, but even so you're right. He's a safe play. I think at worst you're getting a back end too, which is kind of, I mean, you have a mid tier too. So yeah. And his potential is a top five wide receiver, honestly. And that's yeah, fun. it is. So another receiver that has top five potential this week yes, sir. is your handy start of the week from last week, Hunter Renfro. Shout out to Randy for that call. Incredible call. Hunter Renfro went beast mode. And he's my wide receiver 13 this week. I don't have him as a wide receiver one because I'm being a little safe. But the Browns, as we all saw today, the entire team is on the COVID list. There are 11 starters that have been placed on the COVID list, and that number will probably keep going up. As of right now, the game is still being played on Saturday, so it's an even shorter turnaround for them to get those players back and test negative. I have seen that there are talks that the NFLPA and the league are working on a way to make sure that vaccinated players can get on the field quicker because of the the outbreaks across the NFL. But I do assume that Troy Hill will be ruled out. He tested positive today, and I believe the reason he has been ruled out is because he is unvaccinated. For those of you who don't follow the Browns, Troy Hill is their very good slot cornerback, and he, he would have been stuck to Hunter Renfro, but now he doesn't get the opportunity. So I think that Hunter Renfro will just continue his 100-yard onslaught. Over the last three weeks, he scored over 100 three straight weeks or scored over a hundred. He's had over a hundred yards. If he scored over a hundred fantasy points in the last three weeks, then you would play him for sure. But uh, so I, I know that Darren Waller could be back in this football game. That doesn't really worry me because I think that the Raiders will have their way with, with the Brown secondary. And so start him up. I mean, you're not sitting Hunter Renfro at this point, but I think you start him over a lot of big name guys this week. He's my wide receiver 11 on the week. Yeah. You're, <laughs> he you're is higher. going to kill it. It makes me sad. It, it really sucks that the Browns finally had hope. Or they, the Browns fans finally had hope because a win this week and a Ravens loss put them in first place. That doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem possible anymore. So. Nope. <laughs> It's, it is still possible. It's, I mean, there's still a very good chance Baker plays. Uh, even if he does it, Case Keenum is very, very good. Chubb is in. Dearness Johnson's in. I believe the only receiver outs Jarvis, if I'm not wrong. Um, the receiving quarter isn't, doesn't have a ton of depth by any means, but uh, I 
I think Jarvis, especially if he can play, I think he has a good game. The biggest thing is the line and the tight ends for the Browns. They need to get some of, if not all of them, back to really have a good chance at this game. Yeah. Yes, they do. All right. Let's move on into tight ends. Who's your tight end start? All right. Uh, this was a weird week um, just because it seems so simple just to say, like, it seemed too simple to be out here saying Dawson Knox, play him. Uh, like, you can't say the big guys. And I don't think this is the most amazing week for Pitt. So I have him lower. And so I'm going with Zach Ertz this week. I think uh, with obviously DeAndre Hopkins being out for the remainder of the regular season, pretty much almost a lock at this point. Uh, I know you, I know they would be happy if he's back week 18 or whatever, but they're going to sit him for as long as possible because they're obviously going into the playoffs. Uh, and James Conner's been kind of considered doubtful slash questionable for this week. So I think Ertz could have an even bigger day. Now, I will say there is a good chance Chase Edmonds plays because he almost played uh, in the Monday night game. I believe. Uh, so <laughs> I think he probably plays and maybe he takes a, a few catches away from Ertz, but I still think Ertz has a really good week. Tight end 11 for me. Um, Lions have been pretty bad to tight ends over the last month. Um, I believe their second worst against tight ends over the last month, only to the Eagles. And he's just going to get inflated targets, and he's very, very talented tight end who's already been used like a weapon. So when you lose your top weapon... <laughs> You turn to the next guy, and I, I think that's hurts for me. Yeah, I have him just a touch lower, but I'm not ultra concerned about it. I think that he has a good, good week, and I think he has a a pretty safe floor too, even with Edmonds coming back. Yeah. All right, my tight end start is a little more off the wall, I guess. I, I made the decision right before we started recording to move to this guy, and. The reason I'm I'm saying to start Pat Fryermuth is not because the Titans are bad against tight ends because they're actually pretty good. They they rank seventh in the league against tight ends, but the Steelers' offense very very quietly. Ben Roethlisberger has been playing well. He's been actually throwing the ball to the intermediate areas of the field quite well, and because of that, I, I do believe that they will let him work inside the red zone a little bit more. Pat Fryermuth is very, very touchdown dependent. We, we kind of know that by now. Last week, he did catch a touchdown. He scored 11 fantasy points. He only got three targets. I think we might see a return to six, seven, eight, nine targets because the Titans are traditionally good against tight ends, and I know that the Steelers will try to galaxy brain that's what they do and it might work i i think that fryermuth could have a good fantasy day so start him up he's my tight end i should have this ready tight end nine he's my seven so i'm full on board i just used him relatively recently so i went someone else yeah that's fair <laughs> all right let's give a couple sits probably get into some marvel talk as well since we'll have a couple extra minutes i think and uh mm -hmm. Get on out of here. Who's your first set this week, Randy? Uh, so I'm going para wide receivers this week, just to say that off the top of the hand. Uh, I'm going DK Metcalf for the first one. And it, let's just preface this right off the bat. If you need a big boom game this week, I get it. And you could play him. 
Uh, I just don't think there's a safe floor for DK. Um, and this also comes with the, the biggest caveat that there is a good chance Ramsey's back. <laughs> so it, he definitely, he obviously didn't play Monday night. So I think there's an increased chance of him being able to test uh, double negative and get into the game. Um, and he is all but going to shut down DK if that's the case. Because he's not going to be covering Lockett. He's going to take away the big play potential. He's going to take away the big body guy. Uh, and that way, the only way DK could beat them is if he just actually mosses Ramsey, which is still very, very possible because he could do that on anyone. But, man, he's been really bad since Russ has been back. <laughs> uh, and it's not because he's not getting looks either, guys. Like, he's had eight targets in four of the last five games, uh, four in the other one, and that was the... Believe Thursday night game or whatever it was where he didn't have a target for like the first three quarters. He ended with four for that game. Uh, he's averaging 6.8 points during this stretch. <laughs> so I just, I really just don't want to trust it. He was very good to start the year. Um, I think if Ramsey's out, I think I would move him up probably like four or five spots uh, just because I think it gives him a safer floor, probably like eight to 10 points. Uh, just because he's getting the targets, it's just he's just not been good, and I don't know if it's a timing thing with Russ or what. It's just not working out. And if you add in that struggle to <laughs> Jalen fucking Ramsey, <laughs> I'm just not touching it. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like separation ability does actually matter a little bit. I don't know what the issues are. I haven't really watched a ton of Seahawks games, but. It's been bad. Uh, when we were in the offseason and everyone was debating DK Metcalf or A.J. Brown as the dynasty wide receiver one, I I always laughed. I didn't think that either one of them should be really up that high. You know what I'm saying? So, And we're seeing the that come to fruition here. So I, I have DK, I think, lower than you. I don't know where exactly, but I'm out as well. I'm going to go with a wide receiver that – should be in your lineup every week, except probably this week. And that's DJ Moore. The main reason I am sitting DJ Moore this week is the fact that he was in and out of the game last week with a hamstring injury. He had a good game, but it was against Atlanta. So he had 10 targets, six catches, 84 yards, and and, and an incredible catch that did not count because it was out of bounds. With the quarterback situation being in flux and with the, the two-quarterback system that they're about to implement, I find it – I will find it surprising if they are able to get any rhythm on offense against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have a really good pass rush. The Panthers have a really bad offensive line. I think that is going to impact this. But add in the fact that DJ Moore, again – he was in and out of the game last week. He's expected to play this week, but I do think that, that hamstring injury is going to limit him a little bit more against a, a Buffalo team that maybe their secondary is bad. We, we kind of know that their their corners are bad at the, at the very least, but they're not going to be able to get him the ball. So I am out on DJ Moore. I have him ranked as my wide receiver. I really have to write this down. 36 this week. So uh, I am, I'm just saying, yeah, I'll, I'll flex him if it is my only remaining option. So. 
Uh, he's yeah, he's probably wanting to shoot a twenty-four of the week. I think it just if he plays, he's gonna get the, again the really insane amount of targets, and it's not he has to win big putty catches like DK. I think he has just a good chance at that. But again, if he's limited at all, I think I drop him down to about thirty, and that's basically just what you have him around as. Just a little nervous for the week. All right. Who's your next hit? All right. It is going to be Julio Jones. Uh, he has been irrelevant. Uh, majority of that due to injuries. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think I could trust him this week. Playoffs, everything. Uh, my wide receiver, 36 in the week, because he still has that big upside as he is the wide receiver one of this team. I know this was his first week back last week. He had seven points. I mean, it's not the worst in the world, but it's still not good, guys. Uh, this is a week, even with all the the crap that's been going on this week, it's going to be about trust when it comes down to these playoff matchups, and I'm going to put my trust in other people. Uh, I don't have Julio, I believe, on any team. Uh, not necessarily by like design and I wasn't, I was off Julio this week or this year. I'm not trying to call that shot or anything like that. Trying to lie. It's just, he was going higher than I thought he should have. Um, and it's, it, it I, this is no means been validated this year because I don't think you could even count this year basically. But because of that, <laughs> if it's a year, I'm just writing the fuck off. I'm still going to, I not trusting Julio this this week. I'll sit him. Hope I win. Hope he has thirty on my bench, and I play next week. And he's in my lineup. But until I actually see something from Julio, besides like a couple catches here and there, I'm I'm out. Yeah, it's fair. I don't even remember if I ranked Julio this week because I <laughs> I'm just nervous for what. It could be, and we know what it could be. It was a flop. We we had it in our low light segment. We had to cut it because we were going way too long. But it it's just I I'm out on it as well. So all right. My last sit this week is a guy that actually has squeaked into close to flex worthy every week, RB2 worthy other weeks, but Devontae Freeman is my sit this week. The reason Devontae Freeman is my sit this week is mainly, mainly the Packers defense. So the Packers are allowing their seventh best against fantasy running backs. They have a really, really good defense. I know that sounds strange. The Packers don't normally have that, but they have a really good set of linebackers that are, are getting the job done. The Ravens have a great offensive scheme. We know this. However, if Tyler Huntley plays at all in this game, now I know that Lamar is expected to play. I think that they will take that all the way up to game time because I don't know that they will risk this with, again, we talked about it on Monday, but all these crucial games down the stretch, I think it might be smart to see what Tyler Huntley can do against the Packers and not get Lamar killed. But well, it, 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 Sorry to cut you off, but you add in all the struggles with the Browns and COVID this week, and that's a Saturday game. They know a day ahead if they're in danger of lose and lose the division lead kind of thing, uh, just specifically from uh, the Browns in that case, uh, not just the Bengals. Uh, so it, it does yeah. probably factor in the decision if it's close. So It's very true. Uh, and then, yeah, Devontae Freeman has seen a ton of work over the last six weeks. He's gotten at least, 
I want to say 14 touches in each of those games. I just don't see that as an option in this game. Two weeks ago, he saw eight targets. That was against a Pittsburgh defense that was doing a pretty good job funneling the Ravens receivers. I believe that this is the week that Devontae Freeman has sort of a dud. And I will say, even over the last six weeks, despite all those touches, he had two games under 10 fantasy points. And last week against Cleveland, he only had 12 fantasy points. So while that is a a nice flex, I think there are better options for you out there and probably from the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was high on Dave Montgomery going into last week against the Packers, even with the tough run defense and everything. I just thought with the the elite usage, I thought, uh, especially with the chance at a touchdown, uh, which is, I believe I, I believe I picked that in Thrive or somewhere. I picked him as a touchdown score, uh, and he didn't get it. So that's what really cost him. But he had 14 points last week. Uh, 10 carries, 42 yards, seven targets, six catches, 39 yards. That's six. I mean, 16 touches, 17 looks. Uh, that's probably max of what Freeman gets. <laughs> uh, yeah. and either if it's Huntley or Lamar, they're the better runners of the offense. So, uh, I think it's focused on that and, you know, not a must win game for the Ravens, but they do kind of need a get right game going down the stretch here. Um, but again, I think this all really depends on Lamar. Yeah, very true. And I will say if Lamar plays, I do think that he has a better game than Freeman. I just don't yeah. think that even then, I don't know that he has a, a great game. So, so personally, I have him ranked as if Lamar was playing and I have him at RB 30. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm just a little bit behind. So, yeah. All right, that'll do it for our starts and sits segment. Do you want to get into some Marvel talk before we get out of here? Yes, but I will preface with this whole cookie thing. I didn't get to watch Hawkeye tonight, so we can talk about last week's and some upcoming uh, excitement (laughs) for uh, tomorrow. Well, when everyone's listening to this, the premiere of No Way Home. Yeah. First thing I want to say, be careful out there. There are a lot of spoilers for Spider-Man floating around. Uh, the the people who were offered to go to the the first night of the media premiere on Monday were told, do not spoil this movie. And Variety said, we're above the law. We're going to spoil it anyway. And they did. They put it in the review. So don't read that. I did not read that. I pretty much know what it says. I've seen a lot of the stuff online over the last 12 months. But if you don't like things spoiled, Probably stay away from the Spider-Man No Way Home hashtag on Twitter or wherever you're getting your, your movie news. If you want to talk about Hawkeye first, though, I think we should. So I know you didn't watch this week's episode, which was a phenomenal one. One of my favorite ones thus far, which makes sense because we're getting down to the end. But last week's episode, if now spoilers for Hawkeye should say that I think that obviously if you're if you're not watching along, then maybe turn off the podcast we're not going to say anything more football relevant, important. Uh, but last week, Yelena shows up and it, there's a nice little like three team battle on top of a roof between Maya, Yelena and Clint and Kate. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Where do you think it's going to go? And I watched the episode, so I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't do that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, probably, I would say, the best episode so far. I think everyone's been getting better uh, than the last one, and I don't think there's been a dud, really. Uh, introducing yet another possible uh, villain of it, uh, someone that we knew would show up in it. Um, yes, we. I just honestly, I thought it'd probably be the last episode. Uh, like <laughs> as he's like getting away or hanging out with his family, she's sitting outside, like <laughs> scratching her chin with a knife or something creepy, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, I thought it was a good introduction to uh, for her past, obviously the movie, and uh. You know, I, I really didn't pick up on it until uh, pretty much until like after uh, the red wrist weapon that all the Black Widows use. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yep. OK, because <laughs> for, well, for, for a second, I was like, am I wrong? Like, does she have a twin? Am I stupid here? Like, <laughs> so the only reason I knew going into that episode is because they did tease uh the, they they put out their little teasers and I saw a little screenshot and someone put it on Twitter, of course, because that's where everything gets spoiled of it, that was a comic accurate costume in that episode, actually. So the four dots, the yellow dots on her face pretty much yeah. are kind of a, a trademark, which was pretty cool. This Hawkeye series is up there with Loki for me as my favorite of the bunch. And I'll tell you what, if they stick the landing here in episode six, I can't wait for you to watch episode five. We'll, we'll talk about it off air, of course, but yeah. if they stick the landing, this could be the best Disney plus show, which is not at all what I expected going into this. Everyone was kind of writing it off as well. What is exciting about Hawkeye? I'll tell you what, Jeremy Renner is an incredible actor. He might have his off, off off screen issues i don't know what's going on in his personal life but man he is acting the hell out of this and Haley steinfeld is incredible i'm i'm so happy that this show came out when it did (laughs) yeah i don't think we actually talked about beforehand what like is would be about besides like Haley steinfeld's kind of apprentice character and uh uh yulana coming in as a villain at some point, we didn't really talk about anything past that, but when everyone was dismissing it as a show, I was like, well, there's a good chance they probably try to tie it with the whole Rodan thing to make it more interesting, because uh, that is the more interesting side of Hawkeye, necessarily, yeah. that we've been shown, at least. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's a backstory there that's a bit more interesting, but that I mean, that's the most violent side of him that we've seen and definitely has the most story depth, uh, potentially. And we're seeing it now, and it's it's gone really well. Um, the last episode that obviously I watched, uh, I thought it did a really good job of him like talking to Maya's uh, underling, saying, "Hey, you you understand? Like, she's not going to stop, and she's going to die. Like, <laughs> she's she's she will die, and the big guy won't like what's going on right now. And obviously, I don't know if they revealed the big guy." in this last episode or not yet, but uh, uh, most signs, obviously uh, people are assuming to be a kingpin. And I think that's what's going to be obviously. So uh, it, there's a lot of new characters introduced. And I think if he's fully introduced like through this, not just through uh, separate, obviously like TV shows, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it'll really set up a, a, a little more uh, down to life, real like big bad. Which is good because, I mean, obviously with Thanos being the last one and uh, before that uh, Ultra and everything, 
and what's coming next for big bads for the all around yeah. Avengers type thing. I think having a more realistic one is going to gonna be good for a lot of fans. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about this next week after. Hopefully, next, next <laughs> Thursday. Watch, we... Well, yeah, and I'm watching this tomorrow, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's just... yeah, big facts. <laughs> we'll, we'll text about it for sure. But uh, the other thing, uh, these Marvel shows are really diving into, like, larger issues, right? So in this one, there's been some undertones that maybe Clint thinks that Thanos was right after being back. And while he clear, he lost his family that they deal with higher, higher level questions is what I'll say. So Loki dealt with, I don't even know what Loki dealt with. Loki dealt with a lot. Loki was kind of the, the identity one and, and who are you really type of show. WandaVision was grief. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was very, very, it had racial undertones and kind of overtones. If I'm being honest, they were very, very blunt about what they were saying. And this one's kind of focusing on regret and loss and, and what that means while also introducing a ton of new characters into just an, a just massive freaking cinematic universe like this. I don't know where they're going to go with all this stuff, but. It's exciting. No, and and I think that's why introducing more like like I got into introducing more yeah. people like that, uh, it it gives it multiple paths to go for multiple characters. So it's not just every well. Eventually, it'll have to be everyone going for the the ultra big bads set it up for the future. But uh, it gives time to get to there, which is what they had with Thanos. They had time to get there uh, with big bads in between that were obviously really tough to defeat, uh, but it got them ready for later future. And I think that's, what's going to continue for this. Um, yeah. I, I think it'll probably end very strongly. Um, you know, and a lot of people are disappointed necessarily with like the Loki end with not getting everything they wanted out of the, the reveals at the end or whatever. And we could get that with this one, but we'll see. Even if you do, even just the slight hint towards it, I think is enough. Um, just because it's it's a six episode series, I don't think it needs to introduce twenty new characters and seventeen new storylines. As long as it does a good job of detailing Hawkeye a little bit deeper into a, a deeper side of him, it's kind of the side we already knew. If we're, I mean, it's not like this is a new part of Hawkeye that we're learning about, but it's just him more in depth. Yeah. Last question on Hawkeye: Do you think there's a chance that Clint dies in this show? In the show, uh, no. Okay, I don't. Um, I, I don't think so. There's either, a chance no. that he is like captured to end it or something, or yeah. he's being taken away by someone, you know, like, or yeah. he's down bad to end it, or you know. But I think there's a really good chance it just ends with him, with his family, you know. I think so. Because I, I let's so. let's be honest, it's going to end Christmas week. You want to kind of a. A somewhat happy ending, at least to it. Doesn't have to be full sappy happy ending, um, but I, I think it'll end with. Uh, uh, I don't even know her. Uh, what is her Haley Seinfeld's character? What is her name? Kate. Kate Bishop. Kate. It, I, I think. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think it'll end with Kate and him, uh, just kind of like working together for the rest of uh, time, or at least the immediate future. Or at least him kind of introducing her to the fold of sort to kind of take over his mantle 
because obviously he's not going to be able to do this forever. He's obviously full sign wear and tear. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he kind of needs to be done with this life, uh, yeah. but he probably won't be until he dies, unfortunately. Yeah. He would definitely I, be questionable heading into the next few episodes, you know, even after yes. his battle last week, he, he gets, gets the questionable label. So. Yeah. Well, and then I also will say, I thought they've done a good job of like subtly talking through and introducing how his wife has always kind of been a part of all of his mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't like cool. the most clean person in the world. Like, which is kind of what she was portrayed as in the, the the first Avengers, I believe it was, when she was first introduced. Yeah. Uh, might have been Infinity War. I'm not quite sure, but uh, she was just basically introduced. Like she knew Nat. She knew obviously who the others were for other reasons, but it, it didn't really go into her at all. And now it's kind of like, yeah, she has connections and all this. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's a little deeper than they've kind of already told us. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, last thing. One question on Spider-Man. There's so many theories floating out there. Do you think that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie? Yeah, I do. And and I will point out, I, I have about like 10, I think, uh, words muted on Twitter, uh, including No Way Home and Spider-Man in general, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield's names, uh, even Tom Holland's name. Uh, <laughs> Smart. Uh, I don't think I did any like, villains or characters or anything which is fine like because we know for the most part all the villains and everything so i don't think there's much need to do that but um, yeah. i even even marvel i muted so i didn't even get a uh, hawkeye spoilers thankfully yeah man <laughs> i'm nervous so i i put out a tweet that i was staying off to to avoid the spoilers because I, there are like i said they're already out there i know they're out there but I am still getting on Twitter, checking my notifications, but I'm worried because I get movie notifications sent to my, my notifications. I'm thinking about just like turning those off for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, opening them Saturday afternoon. So I will be seeing you're, you're watching Saturday after your test, I believe. Right. Yes, sir. During the Browns game too. So I won't have to watch that atrocity. (laughs) Hopefully it's not an atrocity, but I, uh, I, I don't, I think, I think uh, I'm going to watch it with my parents, obviously, because um, I'm in town and they obviously are huge Marvel fans. So why not? Um, and I'm going to I think we're buying tickets tomorrow for like Tuesday or something. So I'll probably be watching it uh, on our free day. <laughs> I, dude, I can't wait until you see it after because it's going to be so hard not to talk about it. I do have a lot of friends that are seeing it immediately. So I'll just text them instead. So, yeah, I, you know, I think there's going to be a a less amount of that for a lot of people because there was such a high demand for early ticket purchase from, for a lot of places. Um, Yeah. So I, even in town like mine, I I think it'll be kind of sold out uh, late Thursday. If there's a showing, I'm not even sure if there is here, Uh, but I assume there is, and I think it'll be sold out Friday, Saturday. Uh, I know it'll be sold out Sunday. <laughs> There's no question. Uh, yeah. Local movie theaters on Sundays are <laughs> packed. Always, even if there's not a lot of great movies, which there are right now, uh, it's only going to get better after this weekend. So uh, hopefully next week won't be as bad. And we can get a good seat and not have any problems with anyone in the audience or anything being overreacting on stuff. Yeah. Which always kind of it it always kind of take you out of it, which always sucks. But I do yeah. love the movie theater experience much more than sitting at home. 
Yeah. I will say, too, if you're on the fence about going to see Spider-Man, first of all, you're a psychopath. Go see it. <laughs> but if you are on the fence, the reviews for the first 49 reviews, it held 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then a few bad reviews came in. It's in at 95%. I believe over 200 reviews have come in or something close to that. Very good reviews. The The ones that are detractors gave it like a two out of five most in most cases. And basically we're judging it based on their expectations. They just didn't judge the movie for what it was. And also. Yeah. Which the, the couple two out of fives could be uh expecting like something to happen like you said but like not maybe just overall expectations of the movie but expecting like someone to be there or something and they weren't or they weren't used to this great capacity so they were pissed you know and that that does happen and i honestly i don't blame people especially with this kind of movie that's had this much hype if if you have over expectations of what you've been promised of sorts so but from what i've seen the audience reviews will probably sit tight at about 98 99% after people see it one of the one of the main tiktok people that i follow for marvel stuff she's very much not a spider like she loves the character of spider-man but doesn't feel like they've done a good job with the movies in terms of how they portray spider-man even the tom holland one she said when she left out of the premiere she got on there obviously spoiler free and she said you guys might think you know what's about to happen and you have no fucking clue. This movie is incredible. Uh, and that was like reassuring. I like, yeah, which in that. fairness, we really have no idea. Like we don't, we've be, just because of trailers, we've seen a lot. And because of rumors, because of, you know, the pandemic and everything kind of delaying everything. Uh, we've, we've seen so much and heard so much uh, that I think there's going to be a lot of people that this may not just, meet expectations specifically uh unfortunately but there's a good chance it does which is crazy yeah it's it's insane all right we have to get out of here but make sure you guys go see spider-man also make sure you guys watch all of the shows on the feed there was no coach approach this week uh one of the hosts was sick so it will be back next week but make sure you check out the college football cut and dfs deep dive this week They will have great shows. Make sure you guys subscribe if you have not already. And we would love it if you could read or leave a four or five star review. That would really help us out on the Apple podcast charts. Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? Uh, No. All right. Also, I do. Make sure you guys go check out our picks article on the cutffb.com. Check out the website. It's a fun place. Yep, those those picks will be going all the way through to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm hoping to fully catch Sean in those standings. Uh, been get, I've been like inching closer every week, it feels like, but not enough. Me too. And I went a little bold with my picks this week. So we'll see how it goes. But all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.